Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with everything. Every favor and ni'mat we enjoy is purely the gift of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala owns us. After all, He is our creator. He is our sustainer and nourisher. He created us from nothing. And eventually we will return to Him. We entirely belong to Allah Ta'ala and everything belongs to Allah Ta'ala. In the Quran Sharif, in the last ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah Ta'ala highlights this lesson for us. That, لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ To Allah belongs whatever is in the heavens. And whatever is on earth, anything and everything, Allah is Khaliq, He is the creator, and everything else is created, everything is the makhluk, everything belongs to the Khaliq. Insan has some limited ownership over things, he has some limited ownership over his car, limited ownership. At the end of the day, it is all just an amanat in our hands. The reality of this limited ownership becomes apparent even while a person is still in this dunya but in the last stage of life. If a person is in his last and final illness, suddenly the person gets very ill and the signs of death are now becoming apparent. The marazul maut, what is known as marazul maut, the final illness, he decides to start giving everything away. He is not allowed to give it. He cannot just dispose of his assets as he wishes. He wants to give some charity, that too is limited. Whatever he wants to give is limited, one third maximum. Uh, he's still living, he's still in dunya, but he has already stepped into that final illness, what is known as marazul maut. The last illness that leads to death, there are specific masail that relate to this. So it's something to always first check with all of my kiram to get the correct understanding. But just on the general note, the person has put his foot into this phase of life. Already he's, whatever he wants to do with his, what he called his possession is already restricted. That makes it so clear that how much does he really own. And when the person's eyes close, he cannot even dictate that what will happen after I'm gone. In terms of give this away to this child and that away to that child. Nothing he can decide and dictate from under the grave, under the sand, in the grave. The shares of which heir will receive how much is already predetermined by Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So this is insan's very limited ownership over things. But yet he will not tolerate somebody else coming to interfere in it. 
somebody wants to just drive his car without his permission, somebody wants to just take his pen, forget his car, take his pen and write without his permission, and even if it is his ten cents too, if somebody takes it without his permission, he'll be offended. Maybe now because it's ten cents, he might not say something, but he will be offended about it, that this person is taking this away, it doesn't belong to him. Yet we are very, very limited owners of all these things. It's amanat actually. We didn't create these things. We don't have real final... If I feel I want to give it to somebody, that's fine. Otherwise nobody can touch it. So when we have this much of issues with people using our things, taking something that belongs to us, so when Allah Ta'ala owns us entirely, Allah Ta'ala is our creator, created us and is sustaining us. Every moment we are dependent on the air that Allah Ta'ala has provided to breathe that air and take that oxygen in, in order to survive. That was always the case, that this oxygen was a very, very important aspect in every person's life. But with the recent pandemic and people's experiences, how suddenly a person is out of breath, that has made us even more conscious of this. Now, every moment we are surviving on this gift of Allah Ta'ala. So when this is the case, Allah Ta'ala has created us, Allah Ta'ala owns us, Allah Ta'ala has full right over us. We have no right in the matter. Once upon a time there was slavery. That slave never ever even entertained a waswasa, a straight thought that he has some rights. Whereas that master who owned him also didn't have total ownership. He had restricted ownership. But that slave also didn't entertain a waswasa also. I have also some rights. And we are not just the slaves, we are the complete creation of Allah Ta'ala. So what rights do we have? We have no rights. The only thing that is required of us is total submission to our Creator. That is what's required of us. So in these ayat, Allah Ta'ala gives us the same lesson of complete submission. First this ayat of the Quran Sharif came, لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ To Allah belongs whatever is in the heavens and the earth. And then further Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبُكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ That in تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ Whether you bring out, now what does this bring out mean? That whatever is deep down in your heart, whatever firm intention you made over some action, that determination, that resolution, whether that resolution is hidden deep down, you never brought it out, nobody knows what you did, it just stayed within you, or whether out of do, whether you brought it out in the sense you acted it, Allah Ta'ala will take you to account for it. You hasib kum bihillah. فَيَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ Allah will forgive who he wishes, and then Allah will take to task and punish who He wishes. Allah Ta'ala has power over everything. 
And this ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed. Rasulullah was the sahib wahi. This Quran Sharif was revealed directly out to him. And he was the first mufassir of the Quran Sharif also. So he obviously understood what Allah Ta'ala is saying. But the sahaba Kiram didn't immediately understand. They understood it on another level. That in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is saying, whether you bring out, meaning you act upon, tubdu, you expose, meaning you act upon. You act upon that resolution that is in the heart. Or whether it stays in there. You are going to be taken to task for it. You are going to be taken to account for it. Of example, a person, some thought came in his mind, and then he entertained the thought, and then he brought it to a level of a firm intention, a determination, as a resolution. The thought of what? The thought of going to commit some sin. He suddenly came in his heart and then he decided, this is what I'm going to do. He decided he's going to go and gamble. He's going to the zina den. He's going to some place of vice. Now whether that resolution, that decision remained in the heart, or whether that then became an action. He then went ahead and acted upon it. He is going to be taken to task for this. Now this is what it was referring to, the decisions of the heart. A person who experiences some straight thought, that straight thought is involuntary. He didn't think about something, some thought just crossed his mind. And then he didn't entertain it. He ignored it and let it go. Then if it came a second time, he did the same thing. It came a hundred times, he did the same thing. He did not bother to entertain it. And this shaitan keeps whispering these thoughts in people's hearts. A person especially, Allah forbid, he was caught up in some sin previously, then he made tawbah from it with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. From time to time now shaitan will keep whispering that that do it, and he's saying, no, I'm not going to do it. And again the thought comes, that no, you must go do it. I'm never going to do it. And this constant battle within himself carries on. And sometimes it rages within him. But he doesn't give any thought to it. He says, I'm not doing it. Now this involuntary, it keeps coming from the whisper of shaitan. But he doesn't pay any attention to it. And every time he rebuffs it, every time he rejects it, his heart gets strengthened. Because he's doing this with the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Who knows what's going in his heart? Who has any idea? Person walking, somebody can see him walking. He's walking into a wrong place, they can see him walking into the wrong place. Somebody's performing salah, somebody can see him performing salah. The good he's doing, visibly, the external actions, people can see it. The bad also, people can see it. But the battle that's raging in his heart, nobody can see. Allah Ta'ala can see it. And he's doing it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. That this whisper of shaitan, shaitan is whispering this evil thought and he is rejecting it. I am not going to pay attention to this. I am not going to be having anything to do with it. So every time that he does this, this heart gets lightened up with the light of taqwa. With the nur of taqwa. Because he's doing this out of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That people don't know what's going on in my heart. But Allah Ta'ala, يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنِ وَمَا تُخْفِ sudur. Allah Ta'ala is that being who knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. Allah knows. 
I can't hide what's in my heart from Allah Ta'ala. I can hide my actions from people and my heart is totally hidden from people. But Allah Ta'ala knows my actions, Allah Ta'ala knows my thoughts also. So, now these thoughts that come and cross the mind, the involuntary thoughts, this a person is not accountable for. But initially when this ayat of the Quran Sharif came, the Sahaba Ikram thought that perhaps this is what is being referred to. Because the wording of the Quran Sharif of the ayat is whether you expose what is in your heart or whether you act upon it, you are going to be taken to account for it. They became extremely perturbed, extremely anxious that how are we going to ever survive? These involuntary thoughts, how are we going to survive? If you are going to be taken to task for this, what's going to be the end of us? So they came to Rasulullah and they expressed this concern. Now the meaning was not what they thought it was. And this is a very, very important point here. That the Sahaba Kiram were experts in Arabic. That was their, not just their mother tongue, the, the kalam of the Sahaba Kiram, their statements, their words, their khutbahs that they gave and the advices that they gave on this has become Arabic literature this is used to teach literature to students of Arabic and this was all spoken off the cuff what they spoke off the cuff has to be studied deeply to understand the very deep literary meanings in it and the, the deep figurative meanings in it and whatever else Students of Arabic have to study it very, very deeply. This was spoken of the cuff. This was their level of expertise. Yet, in the tafsir of the Quran Sharif, they were dependent on Rasulullah to explain to them. They thought that this was the meaning. Maybe Islam explained later, after the other ayat came down also, that this is not what is being referred to. So, the Quran Sharif is not just anybody's. Uh, bedtime storybook that whatever we think we want to make out of the meaning of the Quran Sharif we just do that no the Quran Sharif is the word of Allah Ta'ala. and the Quran Sharif itself has made tafsir of the Quran Sharif Al-Quran yufassiru ba'duhu ba'da some ayat of the Quran Sharif are an explanation to other ayat of the Quran Sharif and thereafter the first mufassir was Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and then is the tafsir of the sahaba ikram who saw the occasions when the ayat were revealed when did this ayat was when was it revealed what were the circumstances at that time those circumstances make it clear what is the meaning of this ayat that this is what was being referred to and that meaning is not confined to that particular occasion but those circumstances that determine exactly what is being referred to what is the meaning it's not just somebody's imagination. It's not just somebody's thoughts and feelings. It's what has been taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then the Sahaba Ikram, and then what they thought, and in the light of their explanations, in the light of their expertise, and having been in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, what they passed on to the ummah, that tafsir has come down. That is the tafsir. It's not just what anybody decides. So in any case, when these ayat were revealed, the Sahaba Kiram became very perturbed, very anxious. And they came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Allah's Nabi was well aware what he's referring to. But what did he tell them? He said to them that you want to become like people of the past nations. When they heard something, they said, Sami'na wa asayna. That we've heard, but we're not going to obey this. We don't want to obey this. We can't do this. Is that what you're going to do? Those people got destroyed. Those who went down that route. Your job is to give your entire self to Allah Ta'ala. Totally submit to Him. Don't hold back anything. Whether you think this is difficult for me, forget difficult if you think it is impossible to. But if it's the command of Allah Ta'ala, you give it. Now you are saying, but this is impossible. How are we going to control these involuntary thoughts? And then if you're going to take, be taken to account for this, how are we going to survive? How are we going to get out of this? How are we going to pass? That's not your job. If it's Allah Ta'ala's command, you must totally submit. As soon as Rasulullah said this to them, immediately they started saying, Sami'na wa ata'na. We've heard, we've obeyed. Whatever it is, whether we think we can't do it, whether we think it's beyond us, but if Allah Ta'ala's command, we've obeyed it, we've taken it. So when they started saying this, Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ كُلٌّ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ لَا نُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ أَحْدٍ مِنْ رُسُلِهِ These ayat, these from آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ till the end of Surah Baqarah, these are very great ayat, all the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif are very great, but these have some very special virtues as well. That it is mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the person who recites these last ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah every night, the night, night commences from Maghrib time, any time after Maghrib is the night. So the person recites it in the night, Kafatahu, these two ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah, Aman Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this will suffice for him, suffice from all the things that we are concerned about, people have issues of jinn, jadu and whatever other things, and all the harms and evils, this would suffice for him. With yaqeen, with conviction in Allah Taala, with conviction in the kalam of Allah Taala, we should make it, this our daily ma'amul, our daily practice. And every night we recite this ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah. Teach it to our children, teach it to our household, remind one another. These are the real aspects of security. This is what secures a person. The security is what has been given to us by Allah wa Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif, what Rasulullah gave us, this is the real security. This is the guaranteed security. The other levels of security within the permissible limits, no problem. But that's not guaranteed. This is guaranteed. All it requires is a yaqeen. So this is what we have to adopt first. Then we'll do whatever we have to do. We won't leave everything lying open. We'll do what we have to do. But first we adopt that which has been taught to us in the Qur'an and Sunnah. So in any case, these ayat of the Qur'an Sharif were revealed, آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ That the Rasul of Allah wa ta'ala and the Mu'minun referring to the sahaba Kiram, all of them have totally submitted to Allah wa ta'ala. كُلٌّ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ كُلٌّ Every one of them. Every one of them, together with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, every one of the Sahaba, nobody was left out. 
The Quran is endorsing them. Every one of them, kullun, amana billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusuli, all the fundamentals of faith, bringing iman in Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, in his angels, in his messengers, in his books. All the fundamentals of faith. La nufarriqu bayna ahadim min rusulihi. Wa qalu sami'na wa ata'na. Ghufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir. What is the submission being referred to? It is this that they started saying. When Nabi Sallallahu said to them, Don't take the path of those who have passed before you. They said, We heard, we disobeyed. What did the mu'mineen do now? Qalu sami'na wa ata'na. We've heard and we've obeyed. We've heard and we've obeyed. More than at any other time in our life, in this zamana and era, in this time, when so many challenges are around us, in every form, this is something to inscribe deep into our hearts, and this is supposed to become our slogan. In everything, sami'na wa ata'na. That whatever has come from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, what has been told to us is Allah Ta'ala's command. This is what Rasulullah Sallallahu has taught. Sami'na wa ata'na. We've heard, we've obeyed. No questions asked. Not why. No ifs and buts. No why. When something has been authentically established, this is the command of Allah Ta'ala, this is what Rasulullah told us. But there's no why is there. What is the wisdom behind it? And what is the hikmat and logic behind it? That's not our job. And the Sahaba didn't get into that why. When they were told, no, you must submit, immediately they submitted. Qalu sami'na wa ata'na. Yes, sometimes they make some mistake. Ghufranak. Oh Rabb, you forgive us. Wa ilaykal masir. We are going to return to you. Now this is that lesson of submission that we have to keep reminding ourselves of. More than at anything else, we need this lesson of submission to filter deep down into our hearts. It needs to sit deep down into our hearts. To submit entirely to Allah wa ta'ala. In every matter of life. In so many incidents in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala teaches us the same lesson of submission through the Anbiya Ali Musalam. Then in the lives of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Sahaba Ikram. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions about Nuh Ali Wasallam. The Nuh Ali Wasallam. He, after having made all the effort for so many years, 950 years, and then to nobody, or very few people accepted, eventually the azab of Allah Ta'ala came. All the details you might have heard, the flood started coming. So now his son, who was a disbeliever, he decided he is going to now still save himself. He went and he said, I'm going to climb the mountain, no water will reach me there. I'm going to climb the mountain, I'll be safe there. But no mountain could save anybody on that day. Eventually the water came and reached him also. And now he was also drowning. So Nuri Salatu Salam turned to Allah Ta'ala. وَنَادَى نُوحُ الرَّبَّهُ فَقَالَ رَبِّ إِنَّ بْنِي مِنْ أَهْلِي Nuri Salam turned to Allah Ta'ala. Allah, my son is also part of my family. And you have promised me that my family will not be perished. They will not perish. They will succeed. In other words, Allah, you save him now. Allah Ta'ala responded to Nuh Alayhi Salatu Wasalam 
that you are taking it from one angle but the reality is a different matter now this was a kind of sort of something said sternly but what is the response of noor israel salam he said that out of fatherly love and he understood family to mean what family meant but allah taala says this to him he can see his son drowning but what is his response No further question now. Allah Ta'ala made it open and clear. Not part of your family now. Rabbi inni a'udhu bika an as'alaka mali sali bihi ilm. Ya Allah, I seek your refuge. Ya Allah, I seek your refuge from ever asking you something that I am not aware of. Of what the reality is. An as'alaka mali sali bihi ilm. Wa illa taghfir li wa tarhamni akum min al-khasirin. Ya Allah, if you don't forgive me, you don't have mercy on me. This was no sin. He put forward a request. in the light of what he understood there was no transgression but this is the maqam of the anbiya ali musallatu wassalam despite there being no transgression ya allah if you don't forgive me you don't have mercy on me i am going to be lost i am going to be destroyed submission that fatherly love is all in its place whatever else allah taala says not your son now you don't talk about him he says i'm not talking about him finish end of the story total submission ismail salatu wassalam has grown up he is now the father has become attached to him many details which we have heard repeatedly and now the father is being told you slaughter this son and the son is being informed by the father i'm going to slaughter you but that lesson of submission total submission ibrahim alayhi salam ready to submit to allah taala all that love that attachment that affection everything one side allah's command no ifs and buts no questions Ismail salatu wassalam no questions no why if allah tarak command you will go ahead you must not me ya abati fal ma tu'mar satajiduni insha allah min as-sabirin on the one side the submission to allah taala yeah, that uh, the submission that oh my father you go ahead and do what you have been commanded but then also not making himself like i have achieved something that i have achieved something satajiduni insha allah min as-sabirin if allah helps me you will find me patient if i'm patient it's allah taala's grace such a major test if i pass it allah taala made me pass it it's not by doing anbiya ali musallam are teaching us how to submit to allah taala and submit with utmost humility not that submitting as if we are doing some great thing is our great achievement that to is allah taala's grace so this lesson of submission is what we have to ponder over and we have to now look into our lives that to what extent have we submitted to allah taala all the various spheres of life in terms of our ibadat what is our level of submission in the time of fajr the muazzin says hayya ala salah hayya ala falah the submission at that time so now move out of that bed and move out of that house 
and come to the house of Allah At that time to leave our house and to come to the house of Allah Ta'ala. For Anna al-Masajid al-Lillah. That the Masajid are the houses of Allah Ta'ala. And those who come to the houses of Allah Ta'ala, they have come to the best place on earth. Ahabbul biqa'i ilallahi masajiduha. Nabi Islam says the most beloved of all places on earth to Allah Ta'ala are the Masajid. So now the person who has come to the place which is most beloved to Allah Ta'ala, that is the safest place on earth. There cannot be a safer place on earth. It has come to the house of Allah Ta'ala. A person goes to the house of the president, he feels secure. That, well, the president obviously now is president's house. Forget the president, the mayor's house. Forget the mayor's house and councillor's house too. Feel, well, he's a councillor, he probably got contacts. And maybe everybody, maybe the police etc. on speed dial for him. Maybe the station commander is on speed dial. So he feels secure being in the councillor's house also. The safest place to be is in Allah Ta'ala's house. Allah Ta'ala who is the controller of the whole universe. Everything is in His hands. And everything happens with His will. And nothing can move without the permission of Allah Ta'ala. Not a leaf falls from a tree. Imagine the whole world. How many trees and how many leaves. Sometimes some trees that in one wind, there's maybe thousands of small, small leaves that just fall. Every leaf that falls from any tree, anywhere on earth, Allah is aware of it. It only happens with Allah's permission. Everything on the lands, on the seas, in the oceans, it's all in Allah's ilm. The masajid are the houses of Allah Taala, And they are the best places on earth. And the most beloved of places on earth to Allah Taala. Allah's house and Allah will leave somebody insecure in his house but we have to trust in Allah Ta'ala وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ The one who trusts in Allah Ta'ala Allah is sufficient for him so now the submission person comes to Fajr Salah in the Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam says مَنْ صَلَّ الصُّبْحَ فِي جَمَاعَةٍ فَهُوَ فِي ذِمَّةِ اللَّهِ the person who performs his Fajr Salah with Jama'ah. And in that time and age, the only concept of Jama'ah was in the Masjid. There was no other Jama'ah anywhere else. Jama'ah was in the Masjid. The very, very odd situation where somebody was not able to make it because Sharia made it valid for him. So he had to make his Salah at home. But everybody else came to the Masjid. So the Masjid... That is where the protection of Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Islam says the person performed his Fajr Salah with Jama'ah. فَهُوَ فِي ذِمَّةِ اللَّهِ He is in the protection of Allah Ta'ala. فَلَا تُخْفِرُ اللَّهَ فِي ذِمَّتِهِ Don't violate this protection and sanctity of Allah Ta'ala. So now the submission to Allah Ta'ala in our ibadat, our Salah, whether it's Fajr, whether it's Zuhar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. At that time, whatever comes in the way, our day should be planned around our salah. Not that our salah is planned around other activities of the day. That well I have this job to do now and that deal to do or that appointment or whatever. So I'll have to now see maybe the salah later on or the salah maybe when I get back home or the salah in some other time. No, first the salah and then whatever else will happen around it. Salah will be first, the priority of the day. (coughs) 
So submission, the submission requires that we give that high priority. And then, when a person truly submits, then he doesn't just want to do the bare minimum, he wants to try to do more. Because he's submitted himself to Allah Ta'ala, given himself to Allah Ta'ala. So apart from the faraiz and wajibat and sunnat and which goes without saying, he's trying to do something further, the sunnat ghair muakkada also, some nawafil, some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, some tasbihat, some zikr, and after all, this is all part of the submission of Allah to Allah Ta'ala. In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Himself has said, Uzkurullah zikran kathira, remember Allah Ta'ala excessively. So now he's going to make his first salah and feel I did my job. No, no, he's going to remember Allah Ta'ala all the time, in some way or the other, some part in tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, some tasbihat, some istighfar, durud Sharif, in some, some done while sitting in a dedicated manner, with full concentration, and some while moving and walking and lying down, الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ Allah Ta'ala praises these people, these true believers of His, who remember Allah Ta'ala in every posture, standing, sitting, reclining, وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And they ponder over this creation of the heavens and earth, and they come to the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. So this submission in our ibadat, then submission in our mu'amalat, in our dealings. That is not where I can make something more regardless of what and how it comes. No, no. What Allah Ta'ala has permitted. And if it is not permissible, I'm not touching it. Total submission. Submission in our mu'amalat, in our dealings. Always being concerned what is halal, what is haram. Not touching the haram confining oneself to what is halal only. Many a times there are transactions which cross the line due to the lack of knowledge or due to carelessness. We cross that line and we don't realize it sometimes and we just carry on. That income that comes in that manner contaminates everything. That contaminates everything, that contamination then starts affecting many things. It affects the heart, the heart starts thinking in a contaminated manner. Because what goes into the stomach, that is then transformed into blood. That blood is nourishing the body and nourishing the heart. And that affects the spiritual heart. Then the heart can not now become inclined towards righteousness. Only thinking of evil and then push. And the heart is king. The heart starts thinking all the time of evil and wanting to go towards evil. Then eventually the subjects all start following in that direction. So to be very conscious about what is halal and haram, to find out, check with ulama ikram, ensure that our transactions are in order, we are not crossing the line of what is permissible, we are staying within what is halal, what is permissible. Then together with that, the submission to Allah wa ta'ala in our mu'asharat, our social life, this too is not just how we want to live our life, how we want to deal with people, how we want to live at home, my house and my family, I'll do as I wish. Oh no, Allah Ta'ala has given us very clear injunctions in the Qur'an Sharif regarding Mu'asharat, regarding social life, regarding how we live in our homes. وَعَشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Allah Ta'ala is saying, treat your wives kindly. Allah Ta'ala is saying. Injunction of Mu'asharat, of social life. Treat your wives kindly, obviously within the limits of Shariat. فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُهُنْ فَعَسَانْ تَكْرَهُ شَيْءَ وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا If you dislike something in them, 
you might dislike something, but Allah Ta'ala says good for you in it. Obviously that kindness will be within the limits of Sharia. How to be a father in the proper sense. How to be a son in the true sense of the word. How to be a neighbor. How to be a person in society. All this, there's laws in the Quran Sharif. There's details in the ahadith of Rasulullah And then, in our akhlaq, what kind of akhlaq we have, they also to submit to Allah Ta'ala. Not that whatever comes in my heart, I just vent it, I want to say something, I just speak it, I want to vent anger, I just vent it. Whatever comes as I want to, whatever desires come, no, no, total submission in everything. So submission bodily. Person's eyes, submitting to Allah Ta'ala. قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Say to the believing men to lower their gazes. So submission to Allah Ta'ala. سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا No questions why and how, but in this zamana, in this time and age, with all this shamelessness and nudity around, is this something that's possible? That is going towards what Nabi Islam warned the Sahaba. Don't go to the way of the people of those who got destroyed. They said, سَمِعْنَا وَعَسَيْنَا How are we going to do this? We can't do it. Allah Ta'ala protect us from going into that direction. This is all just the deception of shaitan. That the person becomes the morsel of shaitan and then starts thinking in that manner. Everything is within our capacity. Allah Ta'ala further in these same ayat says, لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا Allah Ta'ala does not obligate a person to do that which he is not capable of. Everything is in this capacity of insan. But now this complete submission, submission bodily, in all our actions, and more important than that as well, submission within our hearts and minds. Sometimes a person submits externally. He's submitting in terms of his ibadat, for example. He's performing his salah regularly. He's going for hajj and umrah also. He's doing a lot of other good actions. But Allah forbid sometimes the heart hasn't submitted. And that sometimes renders the iman null and void. For example, it comes to the distribution of inheritance. So one is that what I am due to get, or rather what I want to get, that just turns out to be that that is my right in terms of Sharia also. So then very very boldly and loudly I will say we must do everything according to Sharia. Why? Because at this point in time, this suits me. But then, on another occasion, something which I wanted was not, I was not entitled to in terms of Sharia. But I feel, no, I need this. I must have it. So now suddenly we forgot our Sharia. And now suddenly we say, no, no, but the will was made in this manner. That will was made in this manner, so how can I go against this? But by that will is not in order the person did it in ignorance or he did it in whatever way but it's going against the command of Allah Ta'ala it's going against the command of Shariat when the Shariat of Rasulullah for example it is that an heir an automatic heir for example a son a daughter an automatic heir cannot be a bequest cannot be made for an automatic heir somebody who automatically inherits in that estate now this person in his ignorance or whatever sometimes people do these things out of lack of knowledge, this jewelry must be given to this daughter and this car must be given to this son and this house must be given to that person. Oh, they made all these things, put it in the world, nobody knew what they wrote. 
That person is gone, now that will is opened out. So now somebody saw, okay, this car must come to me. So he says, but now, somebody is telling him, but Sharia doesn't arouse this, this is part of the estate. Everybody's Shia is involved here. He says, no, 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 but how can I go against the will? Now suddenly the Sharia he forgot. That submission from the heart is not there. And Allah forbid, Allah forbid, sometimes in these kind of situations, people make such statements which can render their iman null and void. These kind of statements people sometimes make, Na'uzubillah, leave the Shariat aside now, do what's in the world. In that one same sentence, he put his iman aside also. He put his iman aside, because that submission is gone. That submission completely got lost. And as a result, he lost his iman too by making such a statement, put the Shariat Na'uzubillah aside. So when the submission is missing, and is not as strong as it should be, Allah forbid it can slip in a moment like this. This kind of test comes out suddenly and the person, one is he did a wrong action. That is also a lack of submission. But the wrong action won't render the iman null and void. But if the heart didn't submit and he made a statement of kufr, Allah forbid, then the iman is gone. He might be sitting quietly in one place, nobody is seeing him committing any wrong, but his iman is gone that one line that he has uttered. So this is the very crucial factor, especially in the times we are living in, with this information from every angle flooding our homes and flooding our phones and flooding our minds. And anything and everything we are just taking in, whatever anybody is saying, people are now challenging the laws of the Qur'an Sharif. They call themselves Muslims. And they are challenging the laws of the Qur'an Sharif. Challenging Allah Ta'ala. Allah who is our creator, who is our owner, who is our nourisher, who has every right over us. And now these commands of Allah Ta'ala are being challenged. Or it is being in a, in some way or the other being just cast aside. Nawazubillah, this, this applied in that zamana, in that time, in that era. It doesn't apply in this time now. The laws of inheritance are being challenged. The incidents of the people of Lut Ali Salatu Wasalam, and what kind of vice they were involved in and how they got destroyed all that is now being put aside in the schools this is being shoved down the throats of students and children that no no this is all just fine there's nothing wrong with it a male can get married to a male and a female can get married to a female it's all fine and love forbid children who are attending a madrasa are verbalizing this in front of their teachers now what's wrong with it? They're asking the question. What's left of the Iman then? Where's the submission? And what's left of the Iman? Now this is the very very crucial aspect that we have to pay attention to. Especially in this time and age. To ensure that the submission is there to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has commanded something in the Quran Sharif. No why, no ifs and buts. Allah's word, that's it. And this is that manner that we have to develop in our own minds and hearts, in our children, in our families that something that it is compulsory to fast in Ramadan a person must stay hungry from the morning till the evening why? so the answer to that why is not well because it creates some sympathy with the poor and you know, you'll feel it might even become a help you in your diet and whatever else there's a lot of physical benefits none of those things are the answer 
The answer is simply Allah Ta'ala's command. Why is zakat compulsory? Because Allah Ta'ala's command. Why is there segregation between males and females, non-mahrams? Not no whys and ifs and buts. And maybe that zamana and this zamana. No, it's Allah Ta'ala's Quran Sharif. وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ ذَلِكُمْ أَطْهَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنْ Allah Ta'ala is addressing the Sahaba Ikram and saying when you have to ask of some necessity to the Azwaj Mutahharat the most noble woman on earth till Qiyamah no such woman would come then you will still do so from behind the curtain behind the veil this is purer for your hearts and their hearts there won't be any intermingling. There will be segregation. So now the submission to that, complete submission. When the ayat of the Quran Sharif were revealed, Hazrat uh, Anas Radiallahu explains that the women of the Ansar, they were greatly praised. Why? He says as soon as the ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed, it seemed like they came out like crows. Crows suddenly, one moment, meaning they were covered and apparently that garment was probably black. So they all were suddenly now out of the blue, you see only people walking in some different manner, all covered totally head to toe. In one moment, submission. Complete submission. Anas Adiyalano says that he was busy serving, serving wine to several Sahaba Ikram. The prohibition had not yet come. Abu Talha was present and few others were present. Ubay ibn Kaab was present. He was busy serving them. Can you imagine? And this didn't start off one day before. This didn't start off one month before. This was something that was flowing in their veins. This was like part of their life. And suddenly they heard somebody announcing. He's walking down the streets and announcing. Allah inna al-khamra qad hurrimat. That this all intoxicants, alcohol, all kinds of these things, everything has been declared impermissible, forbidden. The ayat of the Quran Sharif has been revealed now. And all this is haram. Now this is busy happening right here. Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Anas was a young boy at that time. He addressed him, he said, Ya Anas, um, Anas, wake up, take this thing and go throw it outside. Life Half life and people's lives had gone soaked in it. Allah's command, total submission, no withdrawal symptoms. No, well, I need a you know, phase out, gradually we'll come out of it. Allah's command, done. Total submission. So, this is the total submission that we are being taught. That whether it is any aspect of life, we totally submit to Allah wa ta'ala. No ifs and buts, no whys. The only why, the only question is, what is the command of Allah Ta'ala? What has Rasulullah Sallallahu given us? وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ Whatever the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala has given you, you take on to it, you hold fast on to it, what he has prevented you from, forbade you from, you stay away from it. Whatever Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu has given us, but that is it. Then there is no question further anything about why, what is his wisdom and what is his logic the submission, complete submission and when the submission is there in every factor, one is the submission to the commands of Allah Ta'ala and then submission to the decrees of Allah Ta'ala 
to just understand this inshallah we'll finish off on this Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala an her child passed away now can we imagine a mother and her young child, a baby that child passed away what goes to the heart of that mother what situation and Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala at that time was not at home so she tells everybody nobody must inform him I will inform him myself and she kept it concealed he was sick the child was sick she just covered the child as if is fast asleep and then Abu Talha comes he had gone on some suffer or journey and just came so she served him well fed him whatever else had to happen after everything was over now she asked him a question can you imagine a mother what level of submission not that it is uh, impermissible to express some grief to shed some tears but this was on a level where the heart was in another level of submission it's not that she didn't experience these emotions but that control she had so she asked him a question in a very very calm manner that if somebody has loaned us something and now they want it back what is the take on that what should be done obviously is that person the man to give it back so now she breaks the news that well your son has passed away you now should take care of the necessary arrangements in other words it was Allah Ta'ala's amanat Allah Ta'ala given it, given us this child for a time that was fixed by Allah Ta'ala and now that that time has passed Allah Ta'ala has taken his amanat so we should have no reservations about this human emotions is in its place but reservations is another matter we should have no reservation about it and our submission must be total emotion, expressing some grief within the limits of Sharia, all that in his place now this was that level of submission to Allah Ta'ala the person who has this taslim, this submission to Allah Ta'ala that person becomes this, this taslim and submission itself is a jannat on earth the submission is a jannat on earth because within the fence of this submission within the boundary wall of this submission this person is at ease his heart is with Allah Ta'ala. Whatever has happened is my Allah Sukkab. Now he's not all the time in this, but now who passed the virus on to me? And all these kind of baseless things, his submission is to Allah Ta'ala. Whatever happened, happened with my Allah's will. And can only happen with the will of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the need of the time that we have to inculcate and build the submission within ourselves, submission of every limb, our eyes, our ears, our tongue, our hands, our feet, submission of our heart, submission of our minds, total submission of our heart and soul to Allah Taala. And this is what Islam is all about. It's qala lahu rabbuhu aslim, qala aslam tuli rabbil alamin. He said, I brought Islam. I submitted myself to Allah Taala. May Allah Taala make us among those who truly submit, submit in every aspect of life, submit in our obligations of deen, submit in refraining from whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us from. And that is the real wilayat. person wants to become the friend of Allah Ta'ala, become a wali of Allah Ta'ala, that wilayat is in taqwa. In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. The friends of Allah Ta'ala only those who have taqwa. Taqwa, refraining from whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. May Allah Ta'ala make us among the muttaqeen, Make us among the mutawakkilin, 
make us among those who totally submit to him at every moment in our lives and become his true and obedient servants at all times وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Inshallah we'll make zikr for a few minutes, two, three minutes and then we'll do inshallah reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sins and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah so we should try inshallah make this a part of our daily practice that we set a time and every day we try and complete this one tasbih of La ilaha illallah we will recite a few times now this is to just serve as a encouragement to us, serve as an encouragement so that we also start doing this daily in our homes, in our time and space but encourage our family members as well inshallah this will become a means of tremendous benefit for us when saying la ilaha bring to mind that all the ghayrullah everything that has become an obstacle between us and Allah Ta'ala everything that is tempting us towards sin, towards haram all these things we have taken and thrown out all the illicit things, all the filth and muck that we have seen and put into our hearts all this has been taken and thrown out like some dirt is being flung out and illallah is this noor that is settling in the heart which is the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala Recite Duru Sharif La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Yazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله Inna <laughs> La ilaha Inna Allah, 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 In
Allah forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Allah forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, show your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties of the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive us and the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Allah, save us and the entire ummah from such amal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, guide us to your pleasure, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Allah, make us those who submit entirely to you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, make us among the mutawakkileen, Ya Allah. Make us among the muttaqeen, Ya Allah. Make us among the muhsineen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us all that which Ya Allah pleases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Grant us such a salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to talk to you in dua daily, Ya Allah. Allah, accept us for the khidmat of your Mubarak Deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq of doing all that, Ya Allah, which brings us near to you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from everything that distances us from you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya all those are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant barakat to each one in the risk, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in debt, Ya Allah, make their debt get paid with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all in every aspect, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away, Ya Allah. From our families, from the Ummad. Ya Allah, you forgive them, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. The time of our death, take us with La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on perfect iman, Ya Allah. Take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the efforts of deen taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayah spreading far and wide, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah.